And a good Thursday morning. Welcome into In Focus on News Radio KMAN. Today is Chamber Day here on the program. We've got Jason Smith in studio, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Welcome. What's up, fellas? Good to talk to you here. This has been a good week for you. It is. Uh, it's been an interesting week. I'll tell you what. It started actually one week ago today, and I and I do have a question for the two of you. So, mm-hmm. um, I was at a, a county commission meeting, and um, uh, Rich Vargo, county clerk, says, "Well, Jason, happy birthday today." And I looked at him and I said, um, "Well, it's not my birthday." <laughs> he said, "Well, that's what they said on K Man this morning." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, it's not." And uh, one of the commissioners came in. I believe it was John uh, Ford said, "Oh yeah, they corrected that later." and said yeah. that they read the wrong day, which it is. I'm, I assume that's fairly easy to happen because it was exactly two weeks ahead of my birthday because my birthday's a week from today. But um, I had people for two days <laughs> who just, I mean, it's, first of all, it speaks to the power of K-Man because there are clearly a lot of people who listen in the morning. But uh, but now I'm a little concerned when it actually is my birthday next week and I, you know, they're going to think that I'm trying to clean multiple birthdays every year and, <laughs> So I'm. I'd like to know. Did did is that something? I didn't hear it myself. So is that what happened, or or? I have to turn that over to Brandon. Okay. I'm not in, in yeah. that early in the morning, so that's a Brandon and Troy decision. Okay. So I'm yeah. not sure exactly what happened there. So there's this book right here. You can just see it over the window, and that's our, that's our where we write all the birthdays down. It's a master birthday list here for if, assortment <laughs> of community figures. And I got it. Folks. I got it. So Troy reads the birthdays at you know bottom of each hour, and. If that page gets turned sometime during the day, if you don't check it, you're ah. either a week ahead or a week behind and you're reading the wrong birthdays. Dave's done it multiple times. I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, first of all, let me say I appreciate the sentiment. So so please don't take that as a as a uh, criticism or certainly anything that I, I enjoy the fact that uh, you all mentioned my birthday. I just am concerned that next week, uh, you know, Susan Adams, I think, is another one whose birthday is on the same day as mine. That, that people may think Susan and I are trying to, to sneak in an extra birthday. <laughs> I did not get extra presents. I did did try to convince my wife that the radio says my birthday. I think I get a present today. That's right. That did not work. It uh, didn't work with my staff either. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so next week, the 28th, April 28th, is, is my birthday. And I'll be 53. So it goes quick. But, I, don't, uh, I don't know if you've ever had those uh, office shenanigans where someone changes your birthday on a social media site. This maybe is a, a broader version yeah, of that on yeah. broadcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, again, thank you for the birthday wishes and uh, look forward to uh, getting them again next week. Yes, so. indeed. <laughs> That's great. Well, good to have you here. This has been a, an exciting week for the region. Um, big project announced, of course, on Monday with Scorpion Biological Services and, uh, you know, Certainly, since you've been here, this is the biggest economic development announcement uh, we've had. And uh, really, it's been uh, – it rivals uh, some of the other ones in the state. I mean, this is – as Governor Kelly said, this is the largest economic development uh, investment during her tenure, which uh, really speaks volumes. Yeah, it's the biggest announcement, biggest private announcement, obviously, in Manhattan in history. And, you know, some of that is obviously things get more expensive. But right. but I think just in general, it would be it would be considered the largest private announcement, single private announcement in, in Manhattan history. It rivals. I went back and looked at one point uh, when MBAF was originally announced. Um, it rivals the original MBAF announcement, which was at the time uh, 500 and some odd million 
and uh, 300 jobs, it immediately went up to seven to 800 million and, and 400 jobs. And then, of course, has now been 1.2 billion. But um, and MBAF is wonderful. And, and part of the reason we had that we had an opportunity to get Scorpion here is because of MBAF. But one of the things that's different about Scorpion is eventually it'll be that facility will be on the tax rolls. And, um, you know, some quick math and I'm you know, we're going to verify that. But as I was visiting with Ron Fear the other day, um, once it's once it's assessed and on the tax rolls, it's, it equates to about 25 percent of Manhattan's assessed value today. Uh, now, again, a lot of that has to do with how the um, the Pottawatomie County Assessor's Office will will choose to assess that. But uh, um, based on the investment um, that they're making in the real facility, it would be 25 percent of the assessed value in Manhattan. So. It is obviously very substantial, the the salaries uh, of the 500 uh, eventual workers at that facility is uh, 70% higher than our average wage. And, you know, we have a, we have a pretty good average wage in, in our, in our community. Um, so uh, I think that's a, that's a positive. And, and then the other thing that, again, I think is really important in terms of its impact is we, and we've talked in here a lot about how we retain and, and attract people to this community and how long-term we have to, the only way to remain economically viable is to make sure that we have people moving here and staying here and staying here after they graduate or staying here after they separate from, from the Army. Um, these are the kind of jobs that attract those people to stay. And uh, because the number one thing we hear from people as we, you know, we have Amber Wilhelm who's been here with me and before that goes out to all the career fairs and and talks to uh, the people separating from the military and the first question is well what what kind of jobs do you have and uh, we do have some good jobs that are open but this is a this is a big uh, amount of jobs that will be open and 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 will be highly publicized and so we anticipate people will go oh well let's look at let's see what jobs are open in manhattan and uh, we would anticipate we'll see a lot more traffic to to jobs websites here, and we have one, and uh, more hopefully more traffic to our Made for Manhattan site, which is um, is the site that we've developed to help companies attract people to the community. And um, but the the economic impact um, once uh, it reaches its full capacity is just astronomical. We're still finalizing the numbers just because there's so much that influences that and. A little tweak here and there makes a big difference on something that large, and so we want to make sure that we have the most accurate information. But, um, but we are obviously very excited. At the end of the day, and I think the thing that we can take pride of as a com- community is we won a nationwide search for a very large um, economic development manufacturing project. This was, by all accounts, uh, 27 states were considered, multiple communities within those states um, we know they visited in person at least um, nine to ten sites and who made presentations. And um, so we we won that competition, and, and um, that's something that, that we can all take a great deal of pride in because it's this community. And this community, I've said it many times, including myself, it takes coming here to understand how great it is and and that's what the scorpion people said and and um and their consultants who worked with them they said just to be blunt we came in um probably with lower expectations than we should have and we we when we left it it was clear you guys were going to be one of the leading communities and and um and so that's something that that as a community we 
we need to understand how great other people view us when they come see us. And, and uh, I think that's, that's probably the, of all the good news, I think that's probably the thing as a chamber that, that makes me feel uh, the best about this whole process. I have to admit, uh, when they announced Monday, I didn't know much about Scorpion, and I don't know if a lot of folks here in the community do. What do you know uh, about their history? Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, Scorpion is a sub- subsidiary of Heat Biologics, although they've now kind of restructured even more now that they're moving into a different line of line of work and uh, will be Nighthawk. But um, it it is it was started by a gentleman uh, named Jeff Wolf, who is a serial entrepreneur. He's started multiple companies. Uh, all in in drug development, and um, they made the decision. Whenever I don't, I haven't been privy to some of that information, but they made the decision that that uh, because of some of the challenges that were faced with with the drug availability and and during the pandemic and and some of the other supply chain issues, that there was an opportunity to come in and be a fully integrated company from, from the development of new drugs all the way down to the manufacturing of large-scale um, uh, production. And so that's the direction that they went in, and they started that process by uh, opening a new pilot-scale size facility in uh, San Antonio, and that's where Scorpion came from. Scorpion is a manufacturing arm of, of now Nighthawk. And... Um, and so then the next step was to find a site for their large-scale manufacturing. So they'll go all the way from, I believe, uh, research and development at their facility in North Carolina, then to pilot-scale production in San Antonio, all the way to full-scale production here in, in um, Manhattan and Pottawatomie County. And so um, it is publicly traded. Uh, it, is, it is traded as a dr- uh, uh, pharmaceutical development company. And which means that there is there's highs and lows, right? As when you get good news about something moving to a phase from phase one to phase two, you get a huge bump, and when you get you know when you don't get news that they're coming out, it goes down, and um, so this will allow them to have, I think, also more stable revenues and uh, allow them to um, kind of be have multiple opportunities in uh, in the in the uh, pharmaceutical development supply chain and so um it's very exciting that they chose us as as the site for that and um and they will be now uh, obviously working on their own um, uh, pharmaceuticals and and drugs and but they also will be working with uh the federal government who is looking to constantly replenish the the vaccine stockpiles whether you know whatever vaccine that is and um and and our and our very closely working with uh, Senator Moran, Senator Marshall, and Representative Mann on um, what those opportunities look like. And at the end of the day, they have transitioned to, at least on the Scorpion side, as a, well, actually, I guess the whole company is a biodefense company. And they, and uh, kudos to them. They've seen this opportunity. And we all saw it, right? And we all were worried about it during the pandemic when, when we heard that all the pharmaceuticals were being made overseas, including in some countries that may or may not necessarily consider us friendly. And and what would happen if they chose to not send those over? And so uh, I think it's I think it's a credit to them that they recognize that opportunity, and they've already made some strides in terms of their acquisitions uh, to to get some of that market share, and they'll continue to do that. And so it's not a startup, but it but it is a new um, a new line of business for a company that uh, has has been led by uh, a serial entrepreneur, and so. Um, that's that's an interesting dynamic to this as well, but at the same time, 
you know, if it was a company like Pfizer or, um, you know, Johnson Johnson or, 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 you know, any of the other big ones, Novartis, those, those folks have a lot of capacity in other places already. They have, uh, I, I know for a fact, because I've worked with two or three of them in communities I've lived in, that they, most of them have sites large enough to accommodate growth, which Scorpion will here as well. Um, and so you don't get shots necessarily at those kind of projects. And so uh, these are the ones I think that, uh, that you get a chance to, to move forward with. And, and, and we're certainly glad based on, you know, Jeff has been so involved in this process. He is a hands-on CEO and and he's the one, in my opinion, that really fell in love with Manhattan. Um, and, you know, he kind of joked at, at, a, at one of the um, announcement and the meetings we had around the announcement that he was born in Manhattan, uh, just the other Manhattan. And, and I think that was part of it, too. Right. So it just from the time that his plane landed here and to the time that they left, it was just clear that he he had a strong affinity for Manhattan. And David Halverson, who's the president of the company, uh, had a strong affinity for Manhattan and the science people the, met with all the K-State science people. And I'll never forget the chief scientist saying, we I, we don't care where we locate, we're going to have some kind of a research agreement with Kansas State. So they'd already committed to Kansas State even before uh, they committed their facility. And so um, that's just, there's just everything, everything meshed. And, and it was just one of those, I've, I've worked some and you just go, everything works right. And I've worked others and everything goes wrong. Um, this was one that everything worked right. Well, and it's great. You know, we talked, I think, in 2020 when we were coming, we are kind of looking towards beyond COVID. We talked about how Manhattan could be on the forefront of, you know, developing maybe post-COVID vaccines and yep. and stuff and you know, kind of alluding to this a little bit. I, it, we, it's starting to come to fruition. Yeah, well, yeah, we did a whole marketing campaign around biosecurity. And, and uh, there was an article in The Hill magazine, which is um, a publication that's that's centered around Washington D.C. and and what goes on in in the capital, and there was a huge story about uh, this the community that are the center of preventing future pandemics is in Manhattan, Kansas, and so we we took that and we we launched a very large national campaign branding Manhattan as a um, a center for biosecurity, and in fact, a lot of the materials that we use in that campaign obviously were in the the proposal that we sent to. To uh, to heat when they started their search, and so those those all paid dividends in the long run. But yeah, you know, I think we all envisioned there'd be a lot a lot of this would be built around animals, and because that's what MBAF obviously is built around. Although, you know, it's it's animals and those diseases that that can potentially become human. But um, but this again, everything meshed. What what heat talked about the capabilities of of not just MBAF but everything at Kansas State. They've just they've just been uh, blown away by um, the science there, the facilities there, and uh, and that was a major reason why uh, we rose to the top quickly. And and uh, it's a huge credit. You know, we I, I never got a chance to meet a former president Weefald, and but I, but I've heard a lot of stories, obviously, and you know, and, and it's it it's a it's a it's a sad bit of irony that. Um, because because the vision that 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 he had for Manhattan and Kansas State is really coming to fruition, and and you know I know I feel like based on what I've heard about him that he would have enjoyed hearing about the announcement, and so uh, obviously that's that's a sad thing, but um, but just people like that are are remarkable, and um, and and you always want to try to be around those people and hit your wagon to those people and. 
And we were very fortunate as a community to have somebody like that that had that kind of vision and made the investments that were necessary. And and it, and it has paid huge dividends, and obviously this is a project that, that, that will be one of those. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's take a break and uh, come back more with Jason Smith in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN, and we're talking with uh, Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce President and CEO Jason Smith. Uh, we'll take phone calls here, and if you got them, just, we just ask you to kind of keep it short. We're trying to keep the, the time going here. Robert, uh, go ahead. You got a question? Yes, uh, I work for a generic pharmaceutical manufacturer down in Florida, and it's a wonderful opportunity for the people's employment and as well as the size of the facility. We're not talking about a pharmacy like you would have a little bottle of pills going out at a time, but we had raw material coming in in semi-trucks and tanker trucks, and the finished pharmaceuticals going out in semi-truck loads and the entrepreneurs, a lot of money, a lot of well-educated people, seek those opportunities. And the chamber, the uh, uh, we got an offer of every job we could take to Puerto Rico was thirty thousand dollars to the corporation. Well, Puerto Rico is still America, so they packed up all of my facilities and shipped them off to Puerto Rico. A year later, they came and got me. They had to bring it all back because they could not get an FDA certificate for cleanliness in the factory. And I have to set it all up the huge tanks and all the, you know, every end of every Ethernet cable has eight wires you have to terminate in specific sequence. And it's just amazing. And the technical training that all the people had to bring back into that newly constructed facility that we brought back into Florida, it's a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful vote that this kind of personnel in this area could sustain this kind of a facility. And thank you so much for all of your efforts. Thanks for the call, Robert. Yeah, no, thanks, Robert. I appreciate the comments. And and we, you know, um, Brandon, you and I were just talking about off the air some of the some of the, the things that are still yet to come. Right? We this is um, this I, I would this is one of the more unusual um, projects that I've worked on uh, in my twenty five years in the business for a variety of reasons. But one of those is it was the it was by far and 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 I mean I've seen these before but it but from a just personally experienced it was by far the largest quote unquote announcement uh you know in terms of events that I've ever participated in and um and you know we've we've said before it as economic developers you always want the announcement to literally be the second that you're about to break ground on a facility because there are so many things in the interim uh, that can go wrong and I've you know I've I've had some of those and and 99% of the time you can work through those but but obviously the more things that are left to do the riskier um, the the um, the eventual having the announcement early is but um, first of all I think the reason why was is fairly simple you've got a you've got a small a small cap company who is about to make an, a massive announcement, and um, if that information were to get out ahead of time, 
it potentially could create some challenges with the SEC, uh, and that's the, the governing body, not the football conference. But, um, you know, the SEC and, and some things they might have to do. And, and so I understood 100% why they felt like they had to get it out. And, and of course, the governor, we, the, this, the lead for this project came out of, came out of the Kansas Department of Commerce. And, of course, they, um, the, they're going to release their incentive package I think in the next couple of weeks but um, but they were very aggressive in terms of trying to attract this company to Kansas um, and so you know it we we wanted to have an opportunity to celebrate we had a number of people who worked on this project and just thought it was a great opportunity for them to get recognition and and for them and for all of us to celebrate a big win because like I said at the end of the day regardless of what happens we won a 27th state search and we should we should celebrate that um, there are a number of factors, and some, most of them have been talked about already, that, that we still have to work through, uh, not the least of which uh, is the site itself, and which is uh, XL Road and, and Highway 24. Um, we have a number of, of things that have to happen there, including annexation, and, and we've had conversations with the governing bodies, uh, both the City of Manhattan and Pottawatomie County Commissioners, uh, about that, and they have they've expressed support. I don't want to I don't want to say, you know, pre kind of presuppose how they're going to vote, but but at least I think all of them have talked about their support for this project. Um, you know, there's the incentive agreements. There's there's so many things as part of this process that are are continuing to to take shape and and work. And you know, in fact, you know, you and I talked about having Darren Solden, who led this project for us, um, come in and be part of this radio show, and he's literally on a phone call with about 15 people right now working through some of those challenges that we talked about. And, but, I, but the thing that we want to make clear and that we want to be sure of, and, and I appreciated the editorial in the newspaper yesterday, but um, this has to be a win for Manhattan. And, and we have to make sure that, that we're doing what everything's necessary to, to make sure that there's a really good return on investment for any investment that our, that our governing bodies put into this project. And, and we want to be 100% sure that the people involved um, – have the uh, wherewithal and desire and, and that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Um, based on our research of all the entities involved, which isn't just the company, we have, they are bringing in a development group um, outside of their company to be part of the process and who will actually construct and build the building. We think that is, uh, based on who they have brought to the table, uh, we think that is a tremendous positive for this community because it's a, it's a well-established uh, development team that has worked on numerous projects like this, um, and and so they have brought their knowledge to the table in, in a way that if it was just the company and the community uh, might have some things that might have not been seen. So um, that that is something that I think will help this process as well. But we have a process to get uh, city incentives, and that includes an incredible amount. I mean, a massive amount of due diligence. Um, including all the financial information from Heat Biologics, all the financial information from the developer, um, and and we're going to have you know third party evaluate those things and make recommendations on on the capacity to to do what they say they're going to do, and uh, which again we we are very confident about and optimistic about, but I, I just want to make sure that that uh, the public is assured that we all are very concerned about making sure in, all, in every deal that we bring to the commission, not just this one, every deal I would say this exact same thing, is that we want to make sure that, that we are doing everything in our capacity to protect um, the taxpayers and at the same time achieving um, an incredible return 
on investment. And in this case, and, and again, we're still finalizing the numbers, but it, but it appears based on the additional sales tax that will be generated by construction, by employees, uh, property taxes, all the things that, that will be part of this process, the city will have will see repayment of any money they put into the project um, in about three years. So after three years, everything is um, everything is uh, is profit, I guess, for the city at that point. And uh, and that over 20 years, they will see a net uh, positive um, of, a, of over one hundred million dollars. Uh, that's that's a that's a big return. Right. That's the kind of return we've not seen in any other project we've worked. Um, for Pottawatomie County, who who doesn't get as much sales tax as the city, uh, for a variety of you know because of how much is in there, and 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 then the rate, um, that that'll be a little closer to a ten-year payback. But um, then once this facility, again as we talked about the valuation, goes on to the tax rolls, if it goes on to construction uh, at a construction cost, which is a viable way to to assess that, um, it helps in in um, filling any potential. Gaps maybe that that happen as as a Jeffrey Energy Center um, downsizes a bit, and so it's it's important to, for maintaining the property tax base in Pike County long term, and and I think that's one of the reasons why they have been um, as aggressive and optimistic as part of that as well. All right, we're getting some phone calls here. I do need to squeeze in a break, so I'd like to take phone calls in the next segment if we can, um, just because we're a little long on that. So uh, let's take a break. We'll get to Paul's calling and we'll get to the next caller after that here on news radio kman coming up next all right we're back here on in focus news radio kman with jason smith chamber president and ceo we've got a couple of phone calls uh caller standing by we'll go to paul first paul go ahead good morning uh president smith uh i think manhattan since when baseball season has hit a couple of home runs recently one was when they landed you and the next with this new facility you were talking about values a minute ago. I, I have a brochure and a map that Manhattan, the Chamber, published in 1970, and uh, the total valuation of Manhattan at that time was $59 million. We had two banks and two hospitals, which was too many at the time, still is, I think. But anyway, uh, we're now building a $1.3 billion building, and we're building this new one. Uh, quite a switch when we were valued at $59 million. The, the The map had uh, K-State information, Port Riley, and uh, the area here. And uh, we've made a lot of progress. And it appears to me and sounds to most of the public that you're doing a powerful job. You had big shoes to fill, and you're doing a great job. Welcome to Manhattan. Well, thank you, Paul, for that uh for that vote of confidence, I will also add, because at the same commission meeting the other night, we we saw a forty million dollar building approved in Aggieville, and uh, and then there's also another forty million dollar project that's moving through with the Art and Light Museum. So um, there's there's a lot going on right now that we can all be very excited about. Absolutely, uh, we're going to go to Fred next. Fred has a question. Go ahead, Fred. Yes, sir. He, uh, I don't know how much uh, you know. I'm all for uh, you know growth and all that, and I'm for the Scorpion coming in. But I don't know how much the Chamber's involved with housing. Uh, where are we going to, how are we going to house all these, uh, really, I mean, $75,000 average salary there. Where is this housing going to come from? It's just going to drive housing back up again. I don't know, what, is there any projects in, that you know of in, in 
in in the in the planning to uh, house these people. I mean, we've, we've been trying to buy a house now here in Manhattan for quite a while, and uh, you really can't get anything for for two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars anymore. It's just everything's just going up. We're we're actually thinking about leaving. So, can you address that if you can? Yeah. So, Fred, I'm with you. I'm uh, I'm I've also been looking for a house for a couple of years. Um, so there's a couple things that are going on that, that we're optimistic that at least can start this process. Number one, um, when we did the economic development sales tax initiative in 2020, uh, which is where a lot of the funding for, for this project will come from, um, we made sure, and, and, and uh, I'll give at that time Commissioner um, Aaron Esterbrook a ton of credit. He brought this to the table. Um, but, to, but part of the economic development sales tax is a 10% 10% of the, uh, of the revenues will go towards uh, workforce housing. And, and we have stated, the chamber has stated, that we want that to be spent on workforce housing, not just necessarily added to uh, other projects where there's federal or other state money available. And so um, as part of that process, the city has undertaken a housing study. The initial results of that came out. They are developing their strategies as we speak, and we are obviously very interested in what those strategies are. Um, I did uh, at our at our uh, um, board meeting on Tuesday. Uh, Commissioner D. McKee had indicated that uh, they had approved uh, multiple lots recently uh, there in, in uh, Pottawatomie County, and so I thought that was good news. But but I do think that uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's if there's good strategies that come out of this housing study. If not, then I think we have committed that we would sit down at the table and try to develop those with our private sector people who are, you know, mortgage lenders and developers and, and, and home builders and, and trades people uh, to try to come up with a solution and, and how can we effectively use the funding from the economic development sales tax in a way to spur more housing. And, you know, this is a problem all over, all over the country. It's a problem all over Kansas. Um, the, the state is considering some new programs. We're going to look at those. Uh, I saw where um, Garden City just broke ground on a new housing development. I think it's important that we all that we look at what they're doing out there too. So um, stick with us, Fred. I think uh, I think we're going to be able to come up with some solutions. Uh, I hope so again because I'm also looking for a house. But uh, it is important, and we have said housing and 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 by the way, this may be a good opportunity here. Uh, Childcare are two critical economic development factors that historically haven't necessarily been considered that. And so one thing I do want to mention, and we're participating uh, with a group of people uh, on a child care appreciation event, a child care provider appreciation event. It's Sunday, May 1st, 3 to 5. Uh, the community event is at Metal Arc Hills. And uh, you get the opportunity to nominate a provider. Um, so if you um, – and, and I don't have the website on that, but, there, but if you uh, have questions – you can um, you can email littleappleece um, at gmail.com. That's littleappleece, all lowercase, at gmail.com to uh, nominate a provider. But uh, we also have a, a child care prov- uh, group that's working on those issues as well. And we have a strategy that we have put in uh, front of the SPARC committee at the state of Kansas. And we're hopeful that we get some um, funding for that. And we have some private um, interest in Manhattan who have pledged some funding and and uh, so we're anxious to see how we can address child care as well. But those are the two things that probably are our biggest workforce challenges right now. Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, you know, I, I, you can kind of see it. it we're going to continue to see growth out there in Pottawatomie County, especially now with this. 
I got a feeling in the next 10 years that uh, that corridor between here and Wamigo is just going to boom. Yeah, and you know, one of the things, we, the other questions we've had about this is what about traffic? And we are already engaged with um, uh, Kansas Department of Transportation. And, of course, because this was a Governor Kelly project, uh, they are interested in making sure that it it goes well and, and about what we can do on the intersection of Excel and 24. You know, that's another one of those issues where you go, the timing of the announcement was bad because you would have sure loved to have the announcement when 24 was completely open and um, people aren't thinking about traffic every day as they're driving down that road. But um, but we're, you know, the, the buildup of this project, so it'll be 500, and this, this is another relevant thing on the housing question, but this will be five, 500 people at about 100 a year. And so we've got a little bit to it's not just like 500 on day one. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of the a lot of these questions that, that we are working on uh, that we that we have time to address before you get the big rush. You know, the other thing to remember is we have 100 more, I think, left to be hired at MBAF. And these are the scientists. Right. So mm-hmm. these are the ones that are probably either moving from New York or they're recruiting them from other places. And so um, I. <laughs> I was actually talking to the uh, Flint Hills Realtors Association yesterday, and uh, their average listing on their on their um, uh, MLS system in in the region, which is like nine counties, is eight to nine hundred homes, and we are down to like two fifty right now, and that's just that's that's just remarkable remarkable in a bad way. Uh, we need to we need to obviously see more inventory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll take our final break here on the program, and then we're going to talk about some other things here the Chamber is involved with. Stay tuned. In Focus continues in a moment. Final segment of In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. It's been a jam-packed hour here with Jason Smith here, Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. And uh, you got some ribbon cuttings that are taking place, too. There are quite a few. Yeah, you and I were kind of joking in the break that this is one where we could have probably done a full segment on the ribbon cutting because there's uh, ribbon cuttings. There's just been some. Some big ones and interesting ones, but um, so just terms of ones we've had. March thirty first, uh, we cut a ribbon, and it was probably uh, one of the better attended ribbon cuttings I've ever been to uh, at Booth Creek Wagyu, which is uh, of course Dave Dryling's new venture, um, and it's um, um, on uh, five nineteen McCall Road, Suite five hundred. I kind of joked around, said um, people must have thought there were going to be free samples, and there were free samples. But um, it was a great event, and it and and Mr. Dryling talked about you know the uniqueness of something like that, particularly in a community this size, and he's right. And so um, we're excited to see that open and and running, and and where that can head because he's got I think some big plans about that. You know, the city's had some celebrations and planning more, and we participated. On April 9th at uh, at a nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday event, uh, where we cut the ribbon on the new exhibition Asia exhibit at uh, Sunset Zoo, and that was that was a great event, and and I had a chance for the first time to see the new exhibit, and it's spectacular, and so I would encourage everybody to go check that out. Uh, we had a ribbon cutting at Anto- Antojitos Mexicanos El So, which is uh, a new Mexican restaurant at uh, 1103 North Third Street, and that was a lot of fun. Then we had a Ribbon cutting for um, um, intelligent integration technologies and the local desk, and that was at 2801 Claflin Road, and that's a new location for that company. So uh, those are the ones we've had. In terms of what we have coming up today at 1 is a uh, ribbon cutting at the uh, Manhattan Area Technical College Industrial Engineering Tech Lab. And, of course, MATC such a great partner of ours, including on this um, project with uh, Scorpion and uh, they, Scorpion was very impressed with what MATC had in, in that space, and 
And uh, so they're, they're great partners, and, and we're happy to go celebrate with them. Uh, the Flint Hills Volunteer Center has a new location. They will cut that ribbon uh, on April 27th, so that's Wednesday at 9.30 a.m., 322 Houston Street, so um, Suite 104. Um, Andrew and Associates Counseling has a new location, 4201 Anderson Avenue, Suite D, and that's Thursday, April 28th, which, is, as we mentioned earlier, is also my birthday. So 10.30 a.m., so we can have uh, maybe have a little cake and celebrate Andrews and Associates. Um, and then Friday, May 27th, and this is the second celebration we've had uh, with the Flint Hills Discovery Center recently, but uh, they will open Kidscape, which is their new uh, exhibit, uh, at 9 a.m., and, of course, their address is 315 South, South 3rd Street. But we also celebrated last week when they had their 10th anniversary uh, recognition and, and had the chance to speak at that. So that was, um, that was a lot of fun, and, and it was a great opportunity to recognize. I kind of joked that, that I was a poor fill-in for Karen Hibbert, who, of course, is the number one champion of, uh, of the Flint Hills Discovery Center in, in Manhattan. Uh, but she was out of town, and so I tried to – channel as much of Karen into those comments as I could, but uh, it's great, great uh, community asset, and um, and I'm thrilled that, that we get to help celebrate that. Absolutely. Well, that's good stuff, and uh, I know you're looking ahead here next month to the Leaders Retreat as Re- well. Rep, Regional Leaders Retreat, May 12th and 13th, and of course that's rescheduled when we had the COVID spike in January. Um, we still, you can still sign up for that by going on our website. Uh, a couple things I think that are interesting about that. Uh, this year we have um, about five or six, I can't remember what the last count was, but uh, groups that are developing tourism assets. And, um, and we've asked them to come in and do a 15 to 20 minute presentation. And then we're going to take some opportunity to see as a region, community, county, what we can do to, uh, to move those projects forward. Um, as you know, tourism is an incredibly important part of our overall economic development effort. Karen always reminds people you know, companies like Scorpion that locate into Manhattan visit Manhattan first. And, uh, and as we mentioned, they, most of these people have great experiences, and that's a tribute to, to the investments we've made in our tourism infrastructure uh, that, our, that our private industry has made in, in hotels and other things. And so, um, so I'm excited about what that might be. And then, and then we're trying to figure out what we can integrate maybe – uh, to to discuss some of the, the issues and things that surrounded the life load, pro, the uh, excuse me the I, we called it Project Life for so long I have a hard time calling it by the company name but the Scorpion location so um, that's that's going to be a good event and um, and we're real excited to to finally get to do that you know uh, sp- speaking of uh, tourism here just a moment I was at the Royals game last week and I went into the Royals Hall of Fame and I saw one of the old Manhattan travel guides in there and I. Immediately thought of Karen, so uh, I haven't had a chance yep. to tell her that yet. Hardest, hardest working tourism person in the country. Uh, one last thing that I do want to mention, this is kind of a cool thing that, that we're starting. Um, I think a lot of people know about our HYPE program, which is our Young Professionals program. At our last uh, – re- excuse me, I'm having a hard time speaking today. At our last uh, leaders retreat, uh, Wayne Sloan, who's, of course, a longtime uh, chamber leader – stood up and said, and, and, and quite frankly was one of the people who, who spurred the uh, YP group, stood up and said, uh, okay, we've got a YP group, now we, now we need a, a group for older professionals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after a few meetings, uh, they are having their kickoff event uh, actually today at 4 uh, at the 1880 building Kim- on Kimball, which is the foundation office park there behind um, Rock and Case. And um, 
basically anybody who's interested in things like mentoring or, or you know, if you're retired and, and you're nearly retired and you want to have, you know, some social interactions with people, kind of your own experiences and, and age, or, or you want to get more involved in the chamber and, and, um, and maybe don't know where to plug in, this is a great opportunity for you to kind of check that out. And uh, we don't, you know, we're not, we're not setting any sort of age parameters, kind of like YP, but uh, uh, I would assume that you're targeted at 55 and older, so near retirement or just retired. And we have a lot of people like Larie Shope who, who were having her celebration, her retirement celebration tomorrow. Uh, Linda Cook, who just was honored by uh, as our distinguished leader person who just retired from uh, Kansas State and, you know, people who, who want to stay engaged uh, but maybe are, are wrapping up their careers and, and we couldn't be more happy to, to have that uh, group of people decide that they want to do that and be and have it be part of the chamber. And so um, if anybody's interested in that, it is open to, to the public. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to probably want to have some interest in business and, you know, maybe have been part of, of the business community. Um, but uh, it's open to the public at four o'clock today. All right. Lots of good stuff there. And, you know, uh, I kind of fall into that age where I, I think I'm still a young professional. I'm 37. So not quite. Uh... Yeah, they say 40. I, you know, when I, I helped start the Young Professionals Program in Lincoln, and at the time we did that, I was, I don't know, 35-ish. And so I was still in the quote-unquote demographic. And I've always said, you'll figure out when you're too old. I mean, <laughs> I, I walked in one day and looked around and went, uh, yeah, I'm too old for this crowd. So uh, I, I say usually, you, you, usually most people self-eliminate when they they kind of figure out they're not. That's not their. That's not their scene anymore. Well, Sam Handy, one of our younger reporters here, he well, he's he's 28, I think. He he kind of made fun of me for having my dad phone case here. He says, "Do you have a little belt clip to go with it?" I I don't have that, thank goodness. But uh, uh, I, you know what, I used to have a belt clip, so I'm not gonna <laughs> laugh because I I did. I loved it, man. It was. In fact, giving up the belt clip was one of the saddest days of my life, but uh, it's so easy to grab it. I'm considering switching over. I'm 29, and I, or about to be 29, and I'm considering switching over to getting one of those clips. The handiness, like, you know, this, these phones are getting bigger and bigger these days, and I have yeah. limited pocket space. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll agree Of course, with that. as big as they are, then you start dragging your pants down, and it's just, it's just not a good scene. Oh. Well, Jason, congratulations on everything this week, and uh, thanks for being here. Well, thank you, and just I just want to say so many people were involved in this that we'll, we'll have a chance to recognize them all later, but uh, just a lot of people, and I appreciate all their help. All right, that's going to wrap us up here for today. Tomorrow, RCPD, we'll have uh, Captain Josh Kyle and uh, Communications Center Manager Tyler Siefkis is going to join us as well. As always, check out our SoundCloud, newsradiokman.com as well for the archive of this.